0: So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth and live life on your terms? That is the question. And here is the answer. I'm AG Osborne. Welcome to cash flow to freedom. All right. Welcome to cash flow to freedom. And today we have a different topic that I'm mm. so excited about. We got Brandon Buck in here with me and we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership and um you know you're the guy to talk to about this, and i'm really excited we've had we've had previous discussions before yep. you know we helped lunch and everything and um first of all, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you coming in here and uh, taking the time oh, thanks for the opportunity Re- really excited being here with the a j yeah now, before we jump into it um why don't you give people just a little bit about your background and what made you interested in how come how come you 're so focused on leadership? Great question. So
1: <clears throat> my background is in sports, played college baseball uh, back at Purdue University, and I, I moved to Arizona where I was a high school history teacher and a baseball coach there. and Got to be a head baseball coach at a pretty young age at 26, and I had aspirations and goals of being a uh, head college baseball coach. That's That's what I thought I wanted to do. And loved baseball, loved what I was doing. And I really focused more uh, on the wins, the accolades, the performance and everything else, right? I, I would have told you, and I believe some of my actions backed it up, that I was about character and leadership and, and growing young boys into men. Um, but man, when, when we just focused on the performance... Uh, I, I was getting really frustrated, right? If we didn't win, I was frustrated. If we didn't perform, I was frustrated. I would take that stuff personally. Uh, one of the particular years, I, I had a very challenging year with some parents and some kids. And I, I got done with that year and I thought to myself that, okay, if, if I don't change something, uh, I've got one more year of coaching, right? It, it, it just wore that much stress on myself, my family. And I remember my dad telling me, he was like, well, Brandon, like, what if, what have you learned from this? Like what if what you've gone through, what if this is the one thing that if you learn something from it, uh, it can change your coaching career forever? Uh, well, when he first told me that, I didn't want to hear it, right? Because I wanted to be the victim. I wanted him to support me. And I sat there and I thought of it and he's like, no, he, he's right. And I began really understanding that performance, winning, um, scoring, that type of stuff, right? Like it's we all want it, but we really don't have a true control over that. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I want to win the game, but I, the other team wants to as well. Right. Like, They have a say in that. But if I can go into that game knowing that, man, we busted our tail. We did all that we could. We did it the right way. We really focused on developing these boys to be morally sound men. Man, we can walk off of that field and, and maybe we got beat. Right. Because you're just bigger, faster, stronger. But we never wanted to walk off the field knowing we lost right? Because there's a big difference between getting beat and losing. Yeah. And we just focused on that of like our actions and everything we're going to do is going to be to develop these boys to morally sound men. And my staff and I, we were committed to it. We poured into it and we just saw one, our enjoyment go up. The kids enjoyment goes up. And we realized that, you know what? If we had nine boys on that field that bought into one another, we got a shot. Uh, now, if we were any good at coaching talent and skills in the game, Watch out, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're going to make a big run. And I just, I fell in love with that piece. And then I had some people pour into me and I just saw an education like, man, when we can really focus on teachers and people becoming better people and better leaders and more focused and really living, living out values and, and being authentic. The performance, the wins, that all becomes the byproduct of our efforts, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I just fell in love with it. I got my master's in leadership, uh, read tons of books, had people pour into me, and then um, – Coach for 15 years. And then after that, uh, I was ready to, to really move it to that next level and take leadership development to, to become my true profession. Instead of teaching history, I wanted to teach leadership, right? I'm still teaching, still coaching. I'm just teaching and coaching adults now instead of high school kids. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, was able to work for a leadership development company, learn to uh, learn some stuff. And then about a year and a half ago, I, I broke away from them and started infinite strings. So this is my leadership company now. So
0: that's awesome. Now, you know, it, leadership is such a, Obviously important thing, just not in our lives, but, um, in society overall. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, they have some preconceived notions of what a leader is. Um, and lots of times those are wrong. Uh, why don't you tell us what is a leader to you? Like when you think that person is a leader, what, what is it that makes them a leader? What is the characteristics and, you know, how did that title, it just, it can be very different. So I, I think it's important we establish kind of who we're talking about, or I, I what mean, we're talking about in, in, in everything, right? Like if we can't define
1: something, we can't do it, right? As a coach, if I wanted an athlete to be mentally tough, but I had no definition for mental toughness, I can't coach that, right? Or we talk about success. If you want to be successful, but you can't define success, How can you go and do it? It's the same thing with leadership, right? If we can't define leadership, how do I know if I'm getting better or getting worse at it? And I I love to simplify things, right? As a coach, they had, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid is what they would refer to it, right? So I think with leadership, we overcomplicate things. So how can we simplify it? And the way that I simplify it is just for you to find out who are you, right? If I were to ask you that question, how would you describe yourself? What would be the first words or phrases or whatever it is that you would use to describe who you are as a person? When I ask people that question, most have no idea. They can't answer it. Well, if you don't know who you are, now you're going to change with the day, the time, the issue, the struggle, whom you're around, what's going on, right? Yeah. Most people, when I ask them that question, they go to, I'm a CEO, I'm a president. I'm a coach, I'm a parent, I'm a, I'm a spouse. And those things are important, right? They're essential. But if that becomes our identity, then when those things end, we're struggling, right? I mean, how many soldiers do you see that come back and their identity is being a soldier and then they come back and they're lost? Yeah. Or athletes, they're done and they lost and yeah. then once that season's done, they they're, they're lost. Or uh we see so many business professionals, they hold on so long they won't retire because they have no idea who they are or what they're gonna do next. Yeah. And they stay too long, right? So for me, leadership yeah. is is answering that simple question. Yeah. And it's narrowing it down to four or five key values that are you. Right. So if you were to ask me, like, who am I? I'm I'm a person of faith. I'm a person of integrity. I'm courageous. I'm persistent. I'm responsible. And I'm a person of action. Yeah. And so for me, it's being that person all the time. I don't care if it's good, if it's bad, if I'm with my wife, if I'm with my kids, if I'm on this podcast, if I'm with another company, that's, that's me. And if I bring that, right, that's all that I have. And if I'm consistent with that, now I have the chance for leadership right? Because I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to be a person of integrity and do what I say I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to be persistent. Uh, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be those types of things. I'm going to, you know, check in on you and hear how you're doing because I'm behaving that way. And now I have the chance to be a leader, right? If I were to just say, hey, AJ, go out here and lead. What, what do you yeah. do? Right. Yeah. Like, or, or, Hey, go out and impact those people, right? We yeah. all want to leave an impact, but go do it. Yeah. If you try to lead or you try – you typically end up coming off fake or you go over the top. But if I can simplify and say, I am a person of faith, integrity, courage, persistence, responsibility, and action. And if I bring that person, pretty soon people begin to see a consistency. And they see that, man, he's the same regardless if it's good, if it's bad. And then that becomes attractive. And when it becomes attractive, people like to go to you for advice and go to you for help.
0: So – I. I love that. And we, I think, as humans, we have this sixth sense where it's like we can – most of the time, you know, we can be fooled on the short term. But over the long run, you know, we see – and a lot of things you're talking about, I think, is also the things that I would define as character. Mm -hmm. Like – and, you know, people – not that it's necessarily wrong or not, but there's something – People that understand fundamentally who they are and what makes up them, yeah. right? That is such an attractive quality. Um, frankly, whether you believe in the same things they do or not, yeah. that's almost irrelevant um, because you can have leaders in all sorts of different ways, yeah. right? You can have leaders for good or bad, right? Exactly. Um, but leaders are people who, lots of times, I think, you know, like you were saying, not only do they know who they are, what they are, they're accepting and they believe in it. Right. And it's like this cohesive, right? Framework in which they live their life where they say, I'm this way, right? I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. I'm not only okay with that. I believe in it. Right. Right. I believe in those things where you can see other people who are um, unsure of some of more of the basic principles. Right. And they get, it's harder for people to follow them. Yeah. Because I think that's, you know, we're all looking for that. Right. Right. We're all looking for that. You know, not who am I, but yeah, I guess it is kind of, you know, who am I and what it, is it? And I feel like lots of times you mentioned something that was really important and that was the noise or circumstances. Um, people start bouncing around in the noise and the circumstance and, They don't even know where they fit or where they go. And they're looking for someone else that is already aware of that. So they too can
1: follow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And just think, right? When in your experience, whether you've some of the businesses you started or when you get an advancement in leadership or when you take an employee and promote them, soon as we get promoted, it, it really, it exposes just the skills and knowledge we haven't acquired yet. Right. You get into it and you start a business. You're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't know how to do that. Right. We're talking about podcasts and like, Oh my gosh. I didn't know we needed that. Right. Oh, we needed this because changes come. Well, if I'm really confident who I am as a person, I don't take those setbacks personally.
0: Yes. Right. I don't,
1: I, I don't go in as a young, new project manager in front of all these older, very wise superintendents and try to throw my weight around. Like I know more than them. And they've yeah. been in the industry for 50 years. Yeah. I just go in confident and like, Hey, this is who I am. And it's like, AJ, Hey, how do you think we can do this? Right? Yeah. I have no problem asking questions because I know
0: what I bring to the table. And that value is, is my identity. Yeah, right? the, the circumstance of you not being the smartest person in the room or the mistake or the shortcoming that doesn't dictate who you are you're self-aware you yeah. know who you are and you can separate those two things, which is important these are circumstances right or this was an event yeah this happened it wasn't good but that's not who I am right why is it so hard for people to separate themselves out of their circumstances and why are circumstances so they're they're so impactful and many of us feel that Their circumstances make us, which I just firmly do not believe in. But why do you think that is? Why is this such a hard thing for people to really understand or do? I think part of it is if you just look at our society,
1: uh, most of our careers are dependent upon our results. right? If I'm a baseball player, it's dependent upon me getting base hits. Right. If, if I'm a salesman, it's dependent upon the number of sales. Right. My job is dependent upon my results. Yes. And because of that, we are so results oriented that that becomes the focus. And then and then we begin our, our, our whether we want to see it or not. A lot of the way that we reward sales inside is to teach and, and, and show competition. Right, like I'm going to compete against you, and that's what gets rewarded, instead of like collaboration. Whereas if we rewarded yes. collaboration, now there's not as much competition. Now I can get really excited for you when you make a sale, or vice versa. Uh, but we just we set it up to reward that that result performance based society.
0: You know, in, and this brings me a lot to. Um, Jim Collins talks about the mirror in the window, mm-hmm. and I love this analogy for true leaders that when some, when an action fails, right? So when something fails, they look in the mirror, but when something succeeds, they look out a window. Yep. They don't blame others for shortcomings. They look in and say, you know, what did I do wrong here? Yep. What decisions did I make wrong? They're comfortable enough with the outcome being bad yep. to say, I obviously messed something up here. And two, also, I understand I was responsible. I can take that without it destroying me. I'm also confident enough to when things go right, it doesn't need to be all about me. Let's look out the window at the people that made this happen. Yep. And then, and I always think about this, that analogy because it's so pivotal in people that tend to be great leaders where they are self aware enough and they recognize and instead of placing blame, they take things off the shoulders of others mainly because they can take it. They can handle it, right? And early on, I think in my life, I realized those that lead, they take it. They have the mental fortitude to take on more and they have mental resilience. And I think the reason is, is because what you mentioned, it's not the circumstances that dictate them. So that load is lighter to them than a lot of other people.
1: Yeah, that you talk about owning things. Uh, just think about that, right? What, if if I make a mistake and I go to you and I'm like, AJ, I'm sorry, I I messed up. Most likely, what are you going to say to me? All right, all right, it's okay, okay, cool. let's move it on. But yeah. but if I say, Ah, AJ, I'm am so sorry, I messed up. But you know, if if Colton or Brian would have got me that stuff when I needed it, this never would have happened. All of a sudden. Your trust and confidence in me goes down. Yes, right. We can we can all relate to somebody that makes mistakes because we all do that. Yeah. So when we see a leader that owns it, oh man, I screwed up. Like, and and it might have been ninety nine point nine percent the other person's fault. Yeah. I still need to own my point one of that. And if we do that, now we can figure out a plan. Uh often I'll I'll work with companies or teams and a lot of times they point the finger, oh, you know, if the boss would do this or yes. if, if this would happen or if they would do this. Oh, you you do that. Yes. Like if it's important to you, then you create the environment that you need because we, that's what happens. We either allow or we create everything that's around us. Yep. Uh, and when we understand that, now we can take control of it and
0: own it and begin to figure out a plan to move forward. You know, and I think that's probably the most important part. And when I hear, and I, and like you mentioned, people that are always placing blame or anything, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do it, with it, right? And that is just an absolute rejection of progress. Right. And leaders that step up and they take it on, that gives other leaders the opportunity to say, this is something we can deal with. We can now come up with a solution. That means we can take care of problems and we can progress. Once again, even if it was 99% of somebody else, the fact that you're saying, this was my fault, let me actually have a conversation on what went wrong. Yep. And let's figure out a solution. When you automatically pass the buck to somebody else, it's not only passing blame, it's also passing solutions. Yep. And if you're going to pass that, you need to get out of the way so you can handle with somebody that can actually take the buck and help provide the solution. If not, why are you there? Right. And you end up just wasting space and you cause problems and you're bringing other people down to lift you up. Which says, I think to you, going back to what you stated the first, that you're so unaware of your core being yeah. that in only the your circumstance dictates the way that you feel. So you have to make them look bad so you can look and then feel higher. And that's a scary thing in an organization. Um, or a leadership group, because if you're that unaware, we don't know what to expect. Yeah. I don't know what to expect of you. I don't know when you're going to go. I don't know if my information is relevant. I don't know. Right. I need somebody to take step up and take control. Yeah. No. Well, I mean,
1: right, we can accomplish anything we want as long as we don't care who gets the credit. Yes. I mean, just think about in this office, if no one cares who gets the credit and it's all about your company moving forward. Oh, that, yep. Those are powerful conversations. There's no tension. There's no ego. There's people leaning in and trying things and messing up. And it's a very fun deal. But too often we don't do that because yeah. it's, oh, it's me. Or I, I want this to be my idea so I can launch to yes. the top, right? So it's it's me or then I can't really be happy for you. Or now
0: I can play the whole victim card or give an excuse for anything that I want. You know, this was something that – um in our organization, when we were setting it up, and it's just so interesting you bring this up because we have, um, we have different departments, right? You have yep. acquisition teams, you have this and stuff. But at the end, our, our, our goal is to get the deal. Well, there's two things we didn't want. First of all, I didn't want blame to be put because that may hinder people from bringing things to the table because okay. they're afraid of ridicule, uh, ridicule, right? But at the same time, I didn't want there to be overly generous accolades given to someone for winning because that means they may do things that are risky and we shouldn't. So what we did to get deals done, at the end, we have our deal panel, which is all the major players, the leaders in their departments. We all sit down. We all go over a deal. Half of the team has to argue against it. They're They're picked. Doesn't matter who's who brought the deal to the table, doesn't matter who's doing what. And then the other half to argues for it. But at the end of the day, every single person has to sign off on that deal. And literally, they sign a piece of paper saying that they're good and in favor of the deal. So when the deal goes south, it's all of us yeah. in it together. Yeah. And that brings a totally different way of going about it. Like I know that this time I may be against that deal. And the next time I may be before it, regardless of who deal it is, that's not how it works. Right. So we're trying to get us to look at both sides of the table. But if we don't all come to agreement, we don't do the deal. Period. So I, I, I hope in the idea behind that was to empower people to speak up. Right. You know that it's your job to talk bad about this. I don't want you to say, hey, guys, there's a big problem with this deal because Steve on the other side of the table, it's his deal and he's going to be ticked at me now that I'm bashing on his deal. Steve shouldn't care if it's his deal. Steve should only care that the deal is going to work out. And you should never care about criticizing a deal because that shouldn't be associated with the person. So disconnecting the personal part of the deal with the person and, and it's a group effort that will bring things to the table and light that I don't think, you know, I come from a sales organization and that's, that's what we did. And you saw those competing things at the table when you were trying to win a client. That's one thing, but we own our deals and the deals have to work out and we have, they have to work out forever. It's not just a win, right? That can't work. And that was always something I was very nervous about having a culture of we're trying to win and it's so competitive and that, that things aren't coming to the table and the result is not the goal.
1: Yeah. No, uh, you were saying a ton of stuff there that just got my mind going. You, you talked about separating the people. I, I remember when I was younger, uh, if you told me, no, you were a bad person, right? That was just what it was. Yeah. I was like, what, like, who are you? And then this whole evil side came out, like, watch, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, I, I don't even care if your idea was better. I'm going to prove you wrong Yeah. Uh simply because I took it at that. Well, now just because you say no, like, Hey, that's, it's okay. Well, Hey, yeah. talk to me about it. What didn't you like about it? What was a yeah. problem? And really beginning to understand that. Right. It's yeah. instead of getting at some good friends of mine, uh, that our, our parents would let me know, like, Hey, instead of getting furious at your kids, get curious. Like if they're, yeah. if they're freaked out, get curious, like, Hey, why are why? you so upset? what's going yes. on, what's bothering you. And that curiosity really becomes like a superpower. And, yeah. and just think if I could sit back and ask you one time, like, Hey, AJ, you don't seem like you're feeling right right now. Like what's going on, what's happening. Yeah. That just opens up conversations or, Hey, why did you not like that deal? What was it? Or what are you wanting to get out of this? Or what's your plan? Or help yeah. me understand that. Uh, man, we just get, we open up information and it allows us to now be able to make a, make, Make a decision, right? Or move forward.
0: You know, in kids is an interesting one because with our children, one of the things that I've always done is I'm like, I apologize to my kid. Like, so if, if I pop off and get mad at something that they were doing, right? There's a difference between doing something wrong and being annoying. Yep. There's nothing wrong with being annoying fundamentally, right. right? That's annoying to me, but they may just be playing or having fun. And it's a hard line to discern, you know, with our kids where we say, are they doing something wrong or being annoying? Those are two totally different oh, yeah. things and doing something wrong needs to be addressed. But so like if I pop off cause they were doing something annoying or whatnot, then it's now my responsibility to go back afterwards and apologize for my behavior and tell them it had nothing to do with you. Yep. It's, I had a negative reaction towards that and it was my fault that I yelled or got upset. Yep. Right. And the reason I think that's important or the reason I think that's hard is because you don't have to do that with your kids. You have no obligation to do that with your kids. They're little. You can tell them whatever you want to do, right? Yep. And I always thought if I could treat my the young children like that, how then how are you going to treat the adult? But if you treat the kids bad, right, or not even bad, but you don't treat them fairly or equally, and you don't recognize your faults to the kids because you're a parent or you're an adult and you don't feel the need that you have to, yep. right? First of all, what does that teach them? But also, what is that teaching me, myself? Yeah. That some, for some reason, they are less than the adult, right? And I just fundamentally don't think that's true. And you know, it's a, it's, it had an amazing effect with our kids when you sit down and I have to explain. I'm sorry. I was frustrated. I'd had a hard day. You know, I had a headache, whatever it was, but I want you to know it wasn't your fault. I snapped. That was mine. Yep. And I lost and these things happen even to me, right? All of a sudden they start doing it back. Yep. And they're now thinking through their actions. Oh, wait. Was that actually my brother's fault? Or am I just having a bad reaction? Yep. Because of that conversation, it opens up possibilities for them that didn't previously weren't previously there. Yeah. But and you did it, right? Like you yep. owned it. If yes. you think
1: about leadership, like how, how many of us know what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. If I were to say, Hey, for, for your health, what should you do to be healthy? You're going to be able yeah. to answer that. Yeah. You know, to, for your finances to be financially smart and secure. What should you do uh, for your relationship? Hey, what should you do to build a better relationship with your wife or with your kids? Right. Like yeah. most, most people can answer that question. The difference is, is a leader will do it. Yeah. Right Yes. They just, okay. I I don't really care if you know what to do. That's great. That's great. Do it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because now that becomes attractive. Like seeing somebody that knows their identity and who they are and then watching that person practice it. Yes. Okay. That's, that person's different, right? Seeing yeah. a person own their mistakes, there's something different about that person. And now I'm more intrigued to follow that person. Yes. Um, and it's just, it's those things. Like, it's great. But man, go, go do it. And know you're going to screw up. Like, I screw up daily. Yeah. That's okay. Own it. Yep. And if I own it with my kids, that's great, right? Like you practice in it there. Well, now you practice it with your staff yeah. and you know what? Your staff practices it with your clients. Yeah. How often do we see businesses and leaders demand from their staff to treat their clients a particular way, but yet the, the leader doesn't treat their staff that yeah. way, right? Well, no, like if that's the expectation, the way we treat clients, then we must treat our staff the same way. So they see, oh. That's how that's done. That's what that looks
0: like. I can, I can practice that. I can implement that. Now, this is, I guess, a good question. We talk about these, these attributes of leaders, um, in which you also touched on a really good one that, that, that I want to bring up. They, they do because they do, Mm uh, not because they want to even like, you know, and that's something, you know, we talk about to our kids a lot. Um, that's discipline. You do what you need to do. Yep. Um, not cause it's convenient. Yep. Not cause you want to do it. Um, and it, when you look at individuals and when you look at people that most people want to be a leader, even if that's just to your family, right? You definitely want to be a leader to your kids because you are, right. whether you want to be or not, or whether you're a good one or not. Right, right. Um, but, um, you, these are skill sets that, we, I don't even necessarily mean being a leader in a big organization, nothing like that. But being a leader just in life, even if that's one to two people. Um, how do you develop these things? I, I obviously, there are people that I think we say are naturally born mm-hmm. leaders. But two, I've also noticed there are people that, um, you know, I think of Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Because if you look, if you learn about Teddy Roosevelt, clearly he was a leader later on in his life, right? Um, but in his early life, he was actually made fun of a lot. Yep. And he was weird. He was standoffish. He couldn't relate to normal people whatsoever. Um, he wore strange clothes that were, you know, because he was an aristocrat or whatever. Um, and he realized this disconnection. And so what did he do? He went out west, Mm -hmm. and he said, I'm going to go out to the wild. I'm going to learn. I'm going to change. I'm going to develop, right? And his experiences in the wilds of America, out with the buffalo, out with the grizzly bears, right? And out all these things, all of a sudden, that made him a leader. And that's why it was so important to him throughout his uh, um, life and presidency. And it's, frankly, the reason he became president, right? Hence the reason we got Teddy from his interactions with uh, not shooting the Cub Bear. Right. Um, but that was something he had to develop. Yep. He was a fabulous leader, but it was not given to him. I think it's possible for everyone to develop to be a leader. Yep. But where do you start? And so I, I like to look at leadership a lot like athletic ability,
1: right? Some people are just born with fast twitch muscles, some people aren't. But if you have fast twitch muscles and I don't, if I work, and i bust my tail and you don't i'll catch you right so what what are we going to do with those skills or things that we have so we can develop all of those things some people just have an ability to re- relate with people hey, that's yeah. great right maybe i don't so i have to work on that stuff right so one it's it's the development we have to be intentional and continue to work and develop that uh, i love for people to sit back and and this whole concept of like wisdom Right? Like yeah. if I'm going to be a leader, I need to seek and gain wisdom. Well, once again, like we're talking to describe leadership, well, what is wisdom? And so for me, wisdom is three aspects. One, it's knowledge, right? You can't be wise if you're ignorant, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but a lot of that is knowing what you should do, right? Uh Two, it's awareness. If I'm unaware of my surroundings, if I'm unaware of how my interactions uh, impact the team, right? If I'm in a team meeting, if I'm the leader and I don't realize that by my interrupting you, it creates hesitation and, and it doesn't create a safe environment for people. Okay. I'm not a very, I'm not, I'm not very wise. Right. And then the third part is we have to do it. Right. So if we're doing those things, we're constantly seeking knowledge, we're constantly improving our awareness and and we're doing it. Okay, now we're now we're wise. And so now we have to continue to seek more of it. So how do we become a better leader? One is I love for people to think of who one mentor wise, who are the three to five mentors of your life? Right. That really you look at and you're like, I like that. But more importantly, is that what is it about them that you like? Right. there, There's, there's a, a, a there's a ton in my life that, that I, that I lean on, but there's a few that, man, I just think of them and they're always the same. It doesn't matter their faith or their relationship with their wife or their positivity and then being optimistic. Right. When I think of that, I'm like, I, I love those people. And so I'm going to hang around them more. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to surround myself with them. I'm going to put myself in a room with them because it's going to make me better. Right. Too often we let, if you're the smartest person in the room, you better find more rooms. Yeah. Because Jim Rohn says, Jim Rohn says you'll become the average of your five closest friends. Right. So I'm not saying we have to always leave that room, but we better find more rooms. Right. Because you're being in that one room where you're the smartest, you're going to elevate people but now I need to go someplace else that they can pour into me and open and help me grow. So one is mentors. The second thing that I love to do is I love for people to think of what I call their board of directors. Uh, if you think of some of the most amazing companies out there, they have a board of directors that they go to for advice, for feedback. They bounce ideas off of, well, I want one of those. And so I have these mentors that I know really well, but there's a whole other group of people that I don't know them, but if things are rough, I'm gonna go to them. Right? Like Dabo Sweeney, the head football coach of Clemson. I don't know him. But I love what he stands for. I love yeah. what he says. He's on my board of directors. Tony Robbins. I don't know Tony Robbins, yeah. but I love what he says and what he does. And I get inspired when I listen to him. Andy Stanley, right? James Clear. These people, I, they're, they're my board of directors. And now when they listen to the podcast. They might know that they're on my board of directors and charge me. But uh, <laughs> as of right now, I'm not paying them anything. But if I'm struggling, I listen to them. Right, I'm constantly listening to a podcast, or listening to Audible, or reading a book, or watching a film, or watching how they interact, or reading something on them, and it changes my thought part, my thought pattern. And I love to do that because most of the time when I listen to my board of my directors, I'm I'm in isolation, right? Yeah. It's it's just me, so I'm not in a boardroom trying to protect my ego with my team. I can yeah. listen to Tony Robbins say something and go, Ah, oh, yeah, man, I did that yesterday. Yeah. That was not very good. I need to go apologize for that, right? Because I'm not protecting it in there. So I love mentors, I love board of directors, and then I love uh experiencing new things, right? Yeah. Too often, depending upon where we're at, maybe you grew up in a small town and there was there was only one story there, right? Or yeah. depending upon what news channel you listen to or where you're at, you're getting one story. So I want to get more stories to either validate what I'm thinking, or to challenge it. Uh, you know, you think about maybe, uh, some food that you, somebody told you was awful, just horrible, like oysters, right? People told me oysters were awful. And I'm like, oh man, I am going to try that. And I tried oysters. They're awful. I'm sorry. I can't stand them. Uh, but the, they talked to me about sushi, Ah, sushi, you'll love it. You'll love it. And I'm like, I'll try it. And I love it. Right. So if I don't get those experiences, I, I, I can't improve my wisdom, right? It's yeah. just, I'm locking myself into this one story. I'm not going to try to grow uh, the whole essence, right? You can't teach an old dog, new trick. Well, bull, a yeah. dog chose not to learn a new trick, but yeah. if I get new experiences, it gives myself that, that ability to change.
0: Yeah. This is a really, I think important part of, you know, changing your circumstances, allowing your mind to be open to new possibilities and understanding. Um, I, you know, I, first of all, I couldn't agree more on, you know, who you surround yourself with. I'm extremely picky on who I, I will allow myself to spend time with, um, because I realize that, um, circumstances affect outcomes and that if you intentionally put yourself in circumstances that, um, you don't want the results of. And then you get the results. How can you be surprised? Yeah. And I look at life and it, it, when I look at things, you know, there's, you know, you have good, better and best, right? Um, I can do good things, but if I want to do the best things, that means changing circumstances, right? Yeah. I could live a good life, but if I want to live my best life, I need to make changes and I can't settle for the good things. I have to move it up. And I don't think that it's bad for us to require that of the people around us. I don't think it's bad. I think that's part of being a leader yeah. is saying, I'm not going to accept the mundane. I'm not going to accept okay. I don't want an okay marriage. Yeah. I don't want an okay relationship with my kids. I don't want an okay Life. I don't want okay experiences, and I don't want okay businesses or investments. I want an amazing life, uh, relationships with my wife, my kids, experiences, businesses, investments. Um, And if I want that, then I have to forego good. Mm-hmm. And this idea that we can live in two worlds simultaneously, I don't believe that. I just don't. I don't believe your mental state. You can be at one point be like, oh, I suck. And then the other also be in the same frame of mind saying I'm amazing. Right. Right. No, when I'm in that state of mind where I feel bad about myself, when I feel bad, I need to get out of it. Yep. Because I, I can't coexist in those two worlds. And people can't. We can't. We don't. No. Nope. We see it all the time. Um. And in order to become more of a leader and to become – to create – who you want to be, you need to understand that those circumstances affect you and that you're not there yet. Right? Like, I think there's this idea that people are just born that way. Right? Like you see, whoever it is, you know, Steve jobs, Bill Gates, whatever. You're like, Oh man, they're just born leaders and they're just born. I no, they had to get out of their. They had to change their lives. Yeah. They were in charge of that. They forced it. They were okay. Not knowing they knew what they could become, but they knew that they weren't there yet. Yeah. And we see that that is a, we think that's confidence. They think that they're that person. And I'm like, no, it's not that they think that they're that person. They know they can become the person that they want. They can be that become that amazing. Right. So they're leaving good. They're getting out of it. They're getting rid of good relationships. Right. They're not, they're good. They're fine. I mean, but they don't ever bring you up. And I mean, we're not even talking about bad. Right, bad circumstances, stuff. That's just automatic. You got to yeah. just rip those out. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a chicken and egg, right? And people forget that you just don't receive it. It's just not there. You've got to get out, and you've got to go towards it to get it.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, once again, my my mind's going crazy. It's, uh, I'll ask people, or people talk about it all the time, right? I'm I'm waiting for my purpose, or I'm waiting for I'm trying to find my yeah. purpose. How are you gonna find that? Is it just out there behind a tree or, or under a rock? Yeah. No, you you just have to get into motion. Yeah. Right? You have to, or not motion. You got to get into action and start yeah. doing things, right? Like I I grew a love for baseball. Why? Because I started playing the sport. Yeah. I started doing it, and my parents took me and signed me up, and then I played, and I started getting a little better, and I put more and more time into it, and then I fell in love with it, right? And if we just begin to surround ourselves with amazing people, good things can happen. Yes. Right. If I can just sit back and think like, who are people that I find impactful? I like their values. I like what they're doing. I, I want to go hang out with that person. And if yeah. I do that, once we make a connection, it's just natural. Like, Oh, uh, Hey, how can we, yeah. how can we monetize this? Right. Like yes. how, what can we do? How, how can we help each other right here? And it's just natural because you're hanging around the, those individuals. Uh, you talk about this, you know, good and best. Like what if just in leadership, What if we just asked ourselves one question? What would my best self do? Yeah. Right? If you're going into lead conflict, how would my best self handle this? Yeah. Right? If I'm going home and I'm exhausted and I've not seen my kids all day, what would my best self do? Yeah. If I wake up and I know I want to go to the gym, oh, I don't want to go at five o'clock in the morning. I don't know anyone that wants to go to work out at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And if you do, I'm going to call you a liar, but that's (laughs) okay. Uh, But... You know, what would your best self do Yeah. when you do that? You never regret it. You never get out of the gym or get done playing with your kids and go, oh, well, that was stupid. I can't believe I did that. No, like you don't live with those regrets, yeah. but too often we don't, we find an excuse. We sit back, we don't do it. And then we're like, oh man, why didn't I go play with my kids? Man, why yeah. didn't I go to the gym? Right. We regret that part of it. So once again, if we can just simplify it and just ask ourselves that one question, Hey, what would your best self do today?
0: That. Yeah. Then do it. I love that. I have a, a a little thing that I live by and it's um I don't know if I heard this somewhere or what, but it, it stuck with me always. And it was just that, you know, my hero and where I'm wanting to be. Right. There's this amazing guy. He's just awesome. Right. Um, And that amazing guy is future AJ.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not there at all. Right. But in the context of. I don't ever want to hurt future AJ, right? Mm-hmm. And the decisions that I make today are affecting that hero figure of mine. And that's the person that I imagine, which you'll never really obtain, right? It's always going to be, by the way, that's the identity of progress. Um, but you are your own hero and you should be, right? But it doesn't mean you're settling, right? I'm not saying, oh, I'm amazing. So, you know, I've laid around in bed all day, everything else like that. But it's okay because I I believe in me and I'm amazing. That's not how it works. No. No, that's that's not true at all, right? Um, and so this person that I can be, though, this potential inside me is only enacted by doing. And it's only enacted if I do it. And every day I have choices to either make future AJ less amazing Or make future AJ more amazing? Am I making future AJ's relationship with his spouse more amazing and his children more amazing, right? Or am I hurting future AJ, right? Does getting up at 5 a.m. help AJ right now? No, because AJ right now wants to flip and sleep. Yep. But future AJ, yes, right? And I think I, i that's always been a good balance for me or understanding. I don't have to like it now. I don't have to want to do it right. But there is that potential inside me and that's how you access it. It's by doing in the moment and it's creating. So you can create and become that leader or that person that you want to be. And I think that ties back into though, people that don't have that center understanding of who they are, what they stand for and what they do. You can't wake up and help that future person. Right. Right. You don't know who he is. Right. And it's, you know, it's the equivalent of trying to find your way on a map, but you can't see anything and you have no idea where you're going. Now you're just wandering in circles. Yep. Um, and I think future leaders, they're not ever satisfied with who they are. Not future leaders, leaders are never satisfied at that moment who, with who they are, but they know who they want to be. Yep. And they know where they're going. Yeah. It's just, it's constant growth, right? You never
1: fully arrive. Uh, You think about a piece of fruit. When a piece of fruit is ripe, it begins to rot. Yeah. So I don't want that. I want to constantly be growing, growing as a leader. And I I, I has listened to a Ted talk today about what you're just now saying, like everything we do is either a deposit or a withdrawal on our future self. Mm-hmm. Right, And we can't see it because we're so focused on the now. Yes. But how many people do we know that like right now I'm going to live in the moment, right? I'm going to eat, drink and be merry and get it right now. And then in 20 years, they're in a hospital bed. They're a mess yep. because of that. Right. But we see the other people that invest, they, they get their sleep, they get their rest, they, their health, their eating, everything else is died in or their family. They're doing those little bitty things. And now in 20 years, we see that future self because of what they're doing right now. Uh, I, I used to tell my athletes, right? Like, hey, the time's now, like right now. That's all we got. So I don't care what happened. Do the next right thing right now. Uh, and if we keep that constantly in our mind, things get much simpler. Not easy. Leadership is not easy, No, but we can simplify it. What what do I do? I'm going to be my best self. Yeah. What would he do? He would do this.
0: You know, that's another thing that I I was reading in a book and it was a really good way to frame because a lot of people say, that's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not like that. I'm not that person. Right. Well, you're not that person first of all, because you're making the choice not to be right. That's all. Um, But also too, when You look at your life and the difficulties in your life. We get to choose our difficulties, right? Do I want to have a hard time working out right now or do I want to have a hard time with diabetes? Mm -hmm. Do I want to, even though I'm tired, put the effort to go be with my spouse and my kids or do I want to have not a good relationship later on with them? So it's hard either way. Right, It's not like life just isn't easy. You're just not sitting on the beach. It's, right. it's what are you choosing? Do you want this difficulty or do you want the other difficulty? And I found that usually what seems to be the hardest thing actually creates the easiest path and the easiest life. Whereas doing the easiest thing now creates the hardest path and the worst future. Yeah. Um, and so if you can turn, I think, some of these assumptions like you were saying before that we have – on just our, you know, result oriented life, immediate action, right? No, I want to sleep now, or I'm going to, instead of building relationships, I'm just going to sit on social media, right? And I'm going to watch or, you know, it's this idea that, that when you are in the creation mode, right, that difficulty in the difficulty is creating, you benefit from it as opposed to the difficulty of dealing with the consequences of not doing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, the, the piece on things being hard, right? Life being hard. I, I've talked about this the last couple of weeks, actually. And 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 I would say it. I think everybody would say it. But then the next question is, like, compared to what? Compared to what? Right. Life is hard compared to what? Yeah. Um, I, I can compare geometry to algebra. You know, I can compare a CrossFit workout to yoga, stuff like that. But life, like... I can't compare against you because I don't know your full story, nor do you know mine. And if I start comparing, then it starts getting into jealousy and envy and everything else. So if we understand that, we know okay, challenges are coming our way, obstacles are coming our way. So life just is. What what are you going to do? What's your your plan? plan What's your plan? What's your solution? Yep. You know, we can sit back and give an excuse,
0: or we can figure it out. Yeah. I love. I love that. And I the idea behind trying to avoid struggle Mm -hmm. or trying to avoid pain or this idea, once again, even to have an easier life in comparison to what, Yeah, what what is, you know what I mean? And that, I, I I think it's a sure, that's a sure failure. If you're trying to avoid pain and if you're trying to avoid hardship and everything, it, it, and I want to say this, right. Once again, you're picking, Right, you're picking the hardship and the bit right. you want. It's just it's life, so yeah. it's just give and take. It's like, what do you want? Yeah. Um, but avoiding, right, and putting things off, never seem to yield good results. And two, this idea that oh, I have it so hard. Do you really? Right. I mean, the world has seen a lot, and I venture to say that for the vast. of everyone that lives on this planet now has it easier than anybody else in the rest of the history of the world has ever had it. So even if you just say, we're just going to compare it to the human race as a whole, as did the human race 100 years ago. Oh, geez, we're infinitely 100 years ago. And if you take it back a few hundred years, it's not even comparable. Right. We don't even know the meaning of pain hurt and bad times right right i mean it's just that we can't i i honestly don't even believe that people today can comprehend it no well
1: it's when, when you sit back if you think about comfort typically what does comfort produce when you get comfortable what happens you don't do anything. You don't do anything, right? You get lazy. Yeah. Sit on the couch. You get overweight. Yep. Business doesn't grow. Relationships bad, right? So the skills fall. Yeah. The the goal's not comfort. No. Right. The, the goal is for you to become the best person you possibly can be. Yes. And the only way to do that is through conflict and through challenges and, and and through growth. Right. If we if we pray or we wish for patience, right. If we sit back and like, oh, with my kids, I just, oh man. I, Guys, you can just give me some patience with my kids. I don't know about you, but typically what happens, my kids are chaos. They're, yes. they're just nuts. Why? Cause I'm getting an opportunity to practice my patience. Yes. Right? If I, if I wish or pray for courage, I'm met with opportunities that scare the crap out of me so I can be courageous. Yeah. Right. So we have to see it. If I'm wishing for it, I'm going to get opportunities to do it. And if I don't pass the test, I'm going to get tested again and yeah. again and again and again. And so when we see it as such, it changes the whole thing, right? My lens and how I look at yeah. that's like, Oh, okay. I wish for it. Let's figure it out, right? Here's yeah. my opportunity to show some uh, to yeah. show some patience. Here's my opportunity to be courageous, and here's an opportunity to practice leadership, right? Here's an opportunity for me to do this because I've been wishing for it. Now go do it. I
0: I could not agree more with that. It's um, these are they and they are they're opportunities. Hardship in life are opportunities. They're opportunities. To grow comfort does nothing for us and you know i y- you occasionally have your kids oh you know this isn't fair life's not fair and i'm always just like i mean i you know i grew up anytime i said that my dad's like life's not fair yeah congratulations welcome to live mm-hmm. why why do you expect it to be right. it, that's not how it works nothing's fair and it, we hear that a lot in today's society it's not fair it's not fair but fair compared to what right. first of all and fair is not a goal. It's not something you're trying to achieve. And that is is such a, I don't know, it's even hard for me to explain because it's so frustrating to hear. Because if you go into it expecting these things, I expect for some reason, which fair is an intangible, that depends on who and whatever, it can be made up to be anything you want it to be, but you're automatically discounting and giving your power to something else because you're stating that I should have gotten, or I should have been, or something should have happened to me that didn't. And because it's not equal, it's okay for me not to do anything because it's not fair. And I'm like, you just gave your power away. You totally gave your power away. And that's something that when I see in my kids, particularly, I'm like, don't, don't go down that road. Don't let circumstances take away your, your power and your ability because it's, Fair has nothing to, this isn't about fair. It's about you improving. It's about you overcoming things. And you are given a gift and an opportunity to take this on and to learn. And that will make you something that others haven't. And those struggles, it may, it may, you're right. It may not be fair. It may be fair that you, not fair that you have the opportunity to become something that they didn't get the opportunity of. Yeah. And you have to change the way you look at those things. And leaders, that's why people follow them. They're looking at it differently. And they're saying, no, this is awesome. We can climb this mountain. I'm not sitting here complaining that the mountain's in front. Think about what, what we're going to see when we're on top of it. Think about the story we'll tell. And people go, Oh yeah, isn't this exciting? Right. And then they go and people follow because now they want the challenge. They want the difficulty, right? They're not saying, yeah, you're right. It's not fair. Let's, you know, find another way or just not do anything. Let's just stay here, right? Um, and, if you want to be a leader, if you're not taking that approach like you just mentioned in your own life, then how can you ever expect anybody else to follow you or take that approach when you're in a group of people? Right. Yeah.
1: When, when you think like that, you, you're not naive to the challenge. No. Like you're very well aware of the mountain you have to climb. Yes. But we're going to climb it. Yes. Right? Because like you said, like what a story. Think think about what movies do you love watching the yeah. most right that where they overcame all the odds they had it out against them they couldn't believe it right? Rocky everybody loves yeah. Rocky right like, guys just a nobody yeah we, that's what we love yeah. stuff like that so we we not we well, we all have that story and yeah. man what a beautiful thing they have when we're going through challenge and challenge like
0: man what a story we've got to tell right now yeah. and i want to see what happens and it's so interesting because so many people, they like to think that, oh, I could overcome these huge, hard things. But then the simple things we don't even care about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you work to improve the simple things in life because you're right. Having a comfortable life is not attractive at all. Nobody likes that. And nobody likes to sit down, with somebody at the partner, party and, oh, so what do you do? oh You know, nothing. Oh, yeah. so where are you from? Oh, you know, right here. Yeah. Like, oh, so you know, we did, oh, no, I have nothing in life. No, I don't do sports. Don't do it. You know, you're going. Okay, then what are you doing? Like, right. are you just taking up resources on Earth? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, no, that's not attractive. No. Yeah, and, and and people leadership qualities are attractive qualities for a reason. Even though lots of times they're counterintuitive, they're not what we think they are, right? Um, but in order for you to make change in your life. Personally, I'm not talking about other people. I'm not even, I'm not really even right now. I'm not even talking. We're not having a discussion on leading other people. This is being your own leader in your own life. Right. You have to make those changes. Yeah. Which you got to be able to lead yourself before you can lead other people. You just got to do it. Um. And it it starts with that discipline and those characteristics and this understanding of who you are and understanding of who you are, or like, I think it's a better way. I, I like it's you create you. It's not like you oh, I I I'm gonna find my purpose and I'm gonna live my purpose. Right. That it's just drifting on the wind somewhere, like you mentioned, or it's hiding behind a tree and you open up a piece of paper and it's like, Congratulations, here's your purpose. You create it. Yep. And you create it by doing and exploring and failing and being like, Holy cow, you know, I worked uh digging ditches and being, you know, working in the veteran club. I did all these different things and you're like, I don't want to do any of those things. Right. <laughs> so could that be my purpose? Sure. Why not? Why couldn't it be right? Do I want it to be my purpose? No, not necessarily, you know, but I'm kind of weird. I picked self-storage for some reason, I thought, oh this will be my purpose, right? And not, not nothing I would have ever thought about when I was a kid, right. but it was the life I created and I love it, and I love finance and you know all yeah. this other kind of stuff, but I would have never known that and 16 year old AJ thought that skiing powder was his purpose, right and it, it wasn't. Right? And so it's it's one of those things that, yeah, I wish I would have taken the comfortable, happy, red skiing powder. I would have been miserable. Right. Being a ski bum. I would have felt so empty inside. Um, that was short-term thinking. But now let's talk about real quick leadership with other people. Yeah. In groups. In organizations. What makes good leaders interacting? We've talked a lot about interpersonal skills and you've talked about what makes personally leaders. When you're working in groups, um and you're you're in an organization, you're trying to make change, right? You're trying to create a company, you're trying to invest in any of these things, you need people to buy into your vision. You need people to buy into the what you're trying to accomplish, right? How do you do that as a leader? How do you bring people together? How do you get the buy in? Uh well,
1: one First is, is still your, your value, your character as, as a person, right? If you don't have the character of a person that I like or that I could trust, yeah, I'm not going to listen. So that, that, that's yeah. first part. The second point is going to be your, your motive or your intent. If you have this change that you want to roll out, well, what's your motive? Yeah. Like if it's, if it's selfish, you better pack it up and forget it. Yeah. But if your motive is to improve the team, to make us better, more efficient, more productive, more effective, okay, now I'm interested. Right. So yeah. as long as you're a good person and your motive is there, that's great. And then the second step that I like to do is is I want to get feedback from key people before I roll it out. Right. Depending upon the size of the organization, if it's a small organization, you need to get feedback from everyone. You know, if it's a larger organization, you're probably looking at 20% of the people, right? Your key leaders that are in there and just going, Hey, AJ, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is why I want to do it. What's your thoughts? Like what poke holes? Like you talk about out here. Hey, why should we not do that? Right. Hey, talk to me. What is wrong with this? What am I missing? Because now I'm going to listen to you. And when I listen to you and I'm like, oh, I like that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take that. Uh, and I modify it. Now, when I show it to you again, I've shown you value because I've listened to you uh, and I've actually applied it. Now, when we roll this out and everyone goes up to you and they're like, AJ, what are we doing? Like, what is this? You're going to go. It's all good. Like he talked to me about it. I, we, we address it. This is the best thing for our company. Boom. I'm on board. Right. But if I don't take the time to sit with you first to get your feedback and to adjust it and I roll it out, people are going to they're going to lose it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I know example of a uh, of a uh, a business they had uh, their CEO w- was doing some weird things and um, it was told by the board that, hey, you're you're done. Like he was talking about leaving, wasn't going to leave, was telling two different stories, was being fired and wanted to leave, whatever. And the board eventually said, okay, hey, you're you're done, right? Like yeah. you, you can leave. We, we won't tell anybody that you're fired, but you're, you're you're done effectively. That We'll say that you left. And so at that moment, I was working with this business and I'm like, okay, hey, well, you guys have a meeting, like a staff meeting, all staff meeting coming up this next week on Monday. And so this was on, I think it was like a Friday when this decision was made. So I'm like, you guys have from now? until Monday to reach out to all these influential leaders that are inside the company and let them know what's going on, what just happened uh, without bashing anybody. You know, that's not what it is, but to say this is what's going on and where we're going and answer their questions, right? Get that feedback from them. Like, okay. Because there's going to be some people that are going to be concerned with this. Right. Yes. And um, they did that. And so then at that Monday meeting, when they let the whole company know Everyone runs to those influential leaders. They run to AJ like, what's going on? Why, why is he not here? What's happening? And you were like, Hey, I know it stinks, but it's all good. Yeah. Uh, this is the best thing for us. We got these steps moving forward, calmed everything. Right. Yeah. But had they not done that at that Monday meeting and you weren't aware of it, you're going to be like, I don't know. I'm going to find out and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Now there's chaos. And now there's going to be turnover, everything else. No one left the company. Yeah, You have a, a quick, abrupt, like abrupt ending to a CEO's career and no one left. Everyone stayed because they took the time and they got that buy-in. They, they said, hey, what's your
0: concern? What's your fear? Let's talk about it and let's move forward. Yeah. So, so you can address it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I love this, uh, not idea, but this part of leadership in groups. And this is the participation and the communication part of understanding and identifying real needs of the group and i think that's the best thing that leaders can do is le- being a leader is not about you it's about those you're leading yep and understanding what they need and understanding what makes them engaged why they're there in the first place and what what, what will keep them there like like you just mentioned and You know, it's, you got to remember that, you know, who you are. And we talked about this interpersonal skill to be aware of your potential and everything, but then, and communicating this to other people is important, but we all know leaders that forget to receive back and then things become about them. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to lose people because you need to be confident enough with who you are to take on, right. And to be able to listen, to open up. And understand what makes other people tick, and what they need, and the pros, and what they need of you, and what you need to do for them, um, and that input, like you just mentioned, it that can make or break those moments. I mean, that's the stuff that can tear companies apart. That all of a sudden you just can't return back. It depends on that leader and how you know effective they are, and you de- and you deploy the wrong message to your followers, whether that's, you're trying to build a, a, following online, whether you're trying to build a group or whatnot, if you're, if you're giving them the wrong message because you're not listening to their feedback, they go away mm-hmm. and, it, and you need to figure out how to effectively take in feedback, right. And how to effectively communicate with those people yep. so that you can make the correct decisions, even not, not, not saying that they're going to change necessarily the direction of the company, Right. One person may have a problem, but they may be a key person, but you're like, they're not on board with the direction of the company. Let's understand why. Let's yep. figure out what needs, what do they need and what is their perspective? So then we can talk and communicate, change and adjust need, but we're all on this this path moving forward. What's yep. going on here? Um, and those, you know, being a leader is about keeping everybody together and on the right path. And you just can't do that without having efficient uh, communication with particularly a lot of people in a lot of cases yeah. and getting good feedback. Yeah. Well, and I think one, it's once again, it comes back to that
1: motive. If your motive is pure and people, people are most part, they're, they're going to be good with it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, Cause just think about it. If, if your motive as a CEO of this company, right? If it's selfish to make money and to do this, and I'm not saying that money isn't a goal, right? Or make profit, but if that's what all it is, now all of a sudden, every time you have to do a podcast or you've got to come in here and deal with something, it's like, ah, I've already done it. Yes. No, but if your motive is to serve or if your motive is to help people, if your motive is growth, I've got no problem doing this. I've got no problem having the same conversation with those people, right? Like your motive as a parent, Okay, you have this motive to grow kids to become great adults. I don't care how many times you have to tell me about integrity. You're going to do it until you're blue in the face and keep doing it because that's essential, right? And your motive is pure. Yeah. But too often we get leaders in positions that their motive – we 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 promote them because oh, you've been here so long. Yes. You, you've kind of earned it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give you a shot. Oh, crap watch out. Right. Yeah. Or, uh, the, the motive is, is, ah, uh, this is just a stepping stone to get there. Man, you're going to really burn some people out. Right. Or we didn't have anybody else. Yeah. Now I understand sometimes that happens and, and we don't have anybody else and we have to promote them. So then we have to really work with them on development and leadership yes. so that they can grow and they don't stay in that spot.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I want to real quick here before we end, and I want to take your whole afternoon. I appreciate you being time. What are some key resources that you can give people to, to go out, to look for, and, you know, in here in just a second, you know, you need to tell them where they can find you. But when you're trying to develop and become, uh, understand what qualities are to be an effective leader, um, in organizations personally, all that, where should people, uh, go out? What are good resources for them to look for?
1: Um, well, there are so many. Uh, I, I tell you, we are blessed, uh, one, with just the internet to just have a ton of resources that are out there, right? Uh, once again, I I tend to fall back to my board of directors is where I go. So my yeah. board of directors being Dabo Sweeney, I, I want to, Hey, what are you doing? Right. If you think, if you think I, I want to follow somebody that's had results, right? If you look at trust, uh, and you base it off of character and your intent and your results, I, I want to follow somebody that's had results. I mean, the quickest way to develop trust is to help somebody else get a result. And I watch Clemson football. I see what Dabo Sweeney's done. Okay. That guy's got a good track record. I want to follow. I want to see more of what he's doing. Tony Robbins, I want to see more of what he's doing. Andy Stanley, I want to see more of what that guy's doing, right? Yeah. So my my first point for everyone on here listening is, hey, find those people that have values that you like or people that have a proven track record and listen to them, yeah. right? And then through that, you're going to be able to find out their character and stuff like yes. that. But that, that would be my first first step, so...
0: No, I like that. And you're right. We are very blessed with, uh, you know, information and we can, we can get an in-depth look into people's lives, outcomes, and things that we never could before. Yeah. So very unique situation. Well, and now where, where can everybody go to find out more about you? Uh,
1: so you can go to my website, which is just infinite strengths and strengths is plural. So just go to infinite Uh, my email is just Brandon at infinite I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there or on Facebook. Either of those two, uh, right now is where we're going. Uh, I, Hey, I'm in the process of the, running my own podcast. We're getting some recordings done and we'll get those things out here soon. It's called Own Your Journey uh, and we'll start uh, putting that out here within the next month. Awesome. Well, thanks
0: for being on here and I uh, appreciate your time. Man. Hey, thank you very much. I love it. All right. Talk to you later. See you, buddy. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflowwiththenumber2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.